0: Welcome to Right Now Workshop Podcast, where you can write a book and change the world. I'm your host, Kitty Holtz, and this is episode 104, Romantic Suspense from Around the World, an interview with Lisa Harris, coming to you on Thursday, October 18th, 2018. Today, you're getting a lucky break. There is no long intro from me because I'm getting over a cold and I really can't talk very much. So (laughs) let me get you right into the interesting interview with Lisa. I think you're really going to enjoy it, despite the fact that she was talking to me in Sweden from the United States, where she was at the moment of the interview, she actually lives in Africa. So we had some fun times talking about some pictures on her website, which you must go see. They're very cool, as well as all the different kinds of books that she writes, and particularly her new book, A Secret to Die For, which uh, just came out a few weeks ago and is uh, the romantic suspense book that we're focusing on mostly, in addition to, you know, how I interview people. We talk about everything. So I really hope you enjoy this show. We'll talk to you later. Today's guest is Lisa Harris. Lisa is a best-selling author, a Christie Award winner, and the winner of the best inspirational suspense novel from Romantic Times for her novels Blood Covenant and Vendetta. The author of more than 30 books, including Vendetta, Missing, Pursued, Vanishing Point, and the Southern Crime series, Lisa and her family have spent almost 15 years living as missionaries in Southern Africa. Welcome, Lisa. Thank you so much for having me. It's good to have you here. And I have to say, I was particularly excited that um, we scheduled the interview in such a way where I was like, oh, I have to hurry up and at least read part of her book because uh, <laughs> you know your publicist uh, put us together just a few days after um, after I wrote to her saying, I have some availability. So I was like, there's no way I'll be able to read the whole thing. But hey, what if I took my Kindle to the gym? Maybe I'll work out longer. And I did. So thank you. <laughs> You're so welcome. <laughs> so this new book is called A Secret to Die For, right? Right. All right. And it's, um, well, you know what? Let me let you describe it. It came out in September. So it's just going to be about, from the time that listeners are listening to this, it was just last month. Right.
1: Yeah. So it just came out. Um, The heroine is a psychologist, which I found very interesting um, as far as her career. And what kind of got me started with the idea of the book is a psychologist would have a lot of secrets. You know, they would hear things from people. And what if one of those secrets was something that would actually get somebody killed? And then she swept up into that scenario. So that was kind of the, the beginning inklings of a
0: story. And then it kind of, of course, always grows from there. Right, right, and then your hero. Tell us about him. Now, this is not uh, part of a series, is that right? It's a standalone. Um, so this is the first time I've done that
1: for Revel, which is a ho- I don't know. It's it's whole different thing from doing a series, but I enjoyed it, and I really wanted it to be. I wanted those characters to be really strong. So obviously they could just stand on you know, one book. And um, he has his own kind of trauma he's just gone through. There was a, a bomb explosion where he lost his partner. He's a police detective. And the, the book starts actually in his first day back on the job. And so what I wanted to explore along with the storyline was both of their, um, you know, the kind of the the pain and the trauma that they had to go through and how they grow throughout the story and come together kind of and it kind of is what drew them together
0: is their their backstory and kind of a lot of their pain wow all right well it certainly excuse me it certainly uh had me wondering wait a minute can i flip back a couple pages on my kindle without falling off the treadmill because (laughs) i think i just realized the connection between two things (laughs) so it's a it's a fun read it starts out very fast which i really like in a book Yeah. Yeah.
1: Well, I really try to keep the readers never turn, you know, never stop turning the pages. I mean, that's my goal. So, (laughs) so I'm glad that worked.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's working. (laughs) And so, um, so you started out, uh, let's see, it's Grace, right? Yes. Grace Callahan. Grace. Okay. So, um, you started out with the idea of Grace's character and then how did you come up with the idea of pairing her with another police officer who has PTSD? Well, part of that
1: is because our family and I actually were involved in a home invasion a couple years ago. And what is, it's kind of therapeutic for me to um, explore things and characters that we have, that we went through. And so PTSD was just something that I wanted to explore more. And so for, for Nate, this is the kind of a recent thing. I think it's been three months since he's been on the job and um, it actually was kind of a personal thing that I wanted to explore and, um, and then with her being a counselor, a psychologist, I thought that was interesting. You know, they could kind of play off each other. She could kind of help him. Um, yeah, I just thought it was an interesting combination of two people who have gone through a lot and can maybe find healing together. Because you got to have a happy ending. <laughs>
0: That's right. That's right. I, I'm i I'm a happy ending sucker. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I don't even care if it's you know a John Grisham book. I I, I don't care what the genre. It just needs to end well. <laughs> I agree totally. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now you're actually living in Africa right now. Not today, as I interview you, but in general, right. you're living in Africa right now, right? Right. We live there full time, and we've been. It's almost been 15 years since we went over
1: there with our kids. So. A long time. Yeah. Yeah.
0: All right. So, um, so I have two questions and I'm going to, I'm going to go off on a rabbit trail for a minute because I just had had to know. So of course, uh, doing a little research and making sure I'm prepared for the interview. I went to your website and on your homepage, you have the most amazing photographs. Did you take these photographs?
1: I did. I, it's kind of my side hobby. I just love photography and we live in a place Well, we're about, probably seven hours from the game park. But when we have to drive into South Africa, we literally drive right past Kruger national park. And so whenever we have guests or whenever I can drag my husband away, (laughs) you know, we'll go there for a day or something like that. And I just find it the most relaxing place in the world, really. I mean, no cell phones, no computers. I can just, uh, it's just incredible. And the things that we have seen have been incredible as well.
0: Wow. You know, I have to say, to me, that is just another example of how I'm convinced that um, God made people. Because you would have to make people so different in order to have so many different kinds of people. The exact opposite, I think, would be me. I'd be sitting in this cage safari van, going, "Are you sure they can't eat me? Are you sure they can't eat me? That meerkat looks hungry, even." Well,
1: one time I had my window rolled down and we, and we pulled up and there's all these cars and all of a sudden about seven lions came walking right in front of our car. And this male lion literally was right next to me. And I started to roll up the window and then I went, oh no, I got a video and it's all on video. It's hilarious. So it probably wasn't the smartest thing, but he just kept on walking and I was just so excited and fascinated. (laughs) Oh my gosh.
0: It was just so incredible. Yeah, and one of the pictures on your homepage, the reason why it really stood out is because uh, if I am understanding the two different kinds of lions, right, it's a male lion that looks like he's looking right at you as he looks like he's walking sort of towards you. And I'm thinking, this lion does not (laughs) remind me of Aslan and The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. I wouldn't go up and pet it, no. (laughs) There's no hugging allowed here. No. Oh my goodness. Okay. Yeah. So you spent so much time there and we talked a little bit before, uh, before we started recording here that you and I have lived in, you know, different countries and different mm-hmm. cultures and trying to understand yeah. the, the new ways <laughs> of doing things. But so what is your process for um, recalling and then creating also situations that are still told in com- contemporary America? I think all of your books are contemporary. I had a few historicals way
1: back, but now they're all contemporary. Yeah. Okay. Um, It's interesting because I've lived out of the country for so long now, and yet I read comments about people that are shocked of how real and relevant the books are, you know, even to Americans, which actually makes me really happy because in so many ways, I feel kind of out of it. Um, You know, TV shows, we're probably watching TV shows from 15 years ago, (laughs) trying to catch up. So. And, and with technology, I just do a ton of research with technology and technology changes. I mean, literally every time we come home, even, I mean, just dumb things like pumping your gas is different every time we come home. And the other day I was like, this TV starts talking to me, you know, with the news. And I was like, what is this? I don't want to watch the news. <laughs> I'm pumping my gas. Yeah. And how to, how to pay for things with your credit card. I end up feeling so stupid in so many situations. So I probably over research just because you know (laughs) I don't want to look stupid and then of course I have my editors and stuff who will go through things and I have been called out on things you know this this isn't you know right you need to fix this so it's not just me I also get some help but yeah I try you know to keep it relevant and to keep it with a lot of times the background of my stories will be you know stuff just out of the news Um, so it's just a lot of research which I like doing so it's, it's fun
0: Now let's, let's talk about research a little bit more. So one of the things that um, I know that some people really struggle with is um, getting involved, like finding, finding anything that's interesting enough to them. I I always say, I'm not someone who likes to research, but when I started realizing that I'm someone who does like to look up things I'm interested in, I'm like, Right, right. right, okay, but Uh, one of the big problems that we writers have is when to stop and when to start writing. So what's your process?
1: Well, I think that readers don't necessarily realize sometimes, and this was especially true maybe in a historical, I would spend like three hours for one sentence in a book because I wanted to put in one detail. And I realized, I mean, I don't have a lot of time or at least that much time, you know? So it has to be, you know, I can't do that all the time, in other words. Um, but I think, like, I just, I'm plotting a new book now, and I was not happy with anything, and I was doing tons of research, and it's like something will click when it's that right storyline and that right background that, that gets me excited, and then it's something I want to learn more about, and I want to look into. And so once that, it just kind of all clicked in my mind, and I got excited, and I thought, okay, this is the direction I'm going to go. And then, you know, I just look at articles and I just do my, you know, just research whatever that I can add to that, keep a file of those. And um, if I feel excited about it, then it's not drudgery to research it.
0: Yeah. Which is why I'm finally beginning to realize that, oh, all those things that I like to do, that is research. It's the things yeah, that I don't yeah, like to do yeah. that I think of being, you know, the high school research paper. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. You don't want to do that. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> okay. So tell us... Um, if you don't mind, I was just like, oh, let's just talk about writing stuff. So uh, tell us a little bit about how you organize, because um, between reading your website, seeing the sorts of things that you do in everyday life, and also recognizing how some of those things are influencing the choices that you make in um, plots and stories and stuff in your writing, there there are some really big issues that you're either yeah. tackling with your, um, you have a charity or a foundation or what is it? Yeah. We have,
1: um, the echo project is kind of the nonprofit that we do to help just physical needs. There's just
0: so many physical needs that we run into. Yeah. 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 And then, uh, it was either one of your books or I I think that, um, human trafficking was something that I read something about on one of your website pages and, and several things. And then we've talked about your, your hero in this book with the PTSD. So, um, do you have a way of organizing? Like, are you using a Scrivener file? Are you saving websites in just a folder on your browser? How do you do it?
1: Yeah, um, obviously every, every topic requires a lot of research. And um, the, the other thing I have to realize, sometimes the editor will come back to you and you need to you know, maybe prove something that, or explain to them you know, better. And so I, I did try Scrivener and I think it's fantastic. The problem is I was so used to doing it my own way that I realized I was into the next book and I was like, oh, I forgot to use it. So I think that's an incredible tool, but I just have my way of doing things and I just stick to it. So I will have, I just do everything pretty much on Word. Um, I have files for it. First, I'll start off with every chapter. So every chapter will have its own um, file. And then once it's finished, then I'll put it into the manuscript. And as for all the research, I usually will have a file that I'll just like copy or print off. Um, Well, not print them off, but you know, just copy all those, put the research stuff in a file so I can go back to them. And then my, my main page that keeps everything together, I just use Excel and I will have um, a list of every chapter. I want to know how many words are in the chapter, because when you're working for a publisher, you have to have a certain amount of words. And so I need to make sure, so I've got a running total of um, how many words are in there, a short description of each chapter. And then that's also where I just put notes. Like if I, if I write a character description, then I'll write that in there. Cause I, you can't remember all this. At least I can't remember all this. No. <laughs> um, you know, a list of the bad guys, a list of, you know, just any kind of, and and even sometimes just research a couple lines, you know, to remind me of, or some of, you know, something that is important. So that Excel page is like so important. And now, In fact, even today, I've got to go in and make sure it's cleaned up because then my editor wants that so they can kind of go through it. It just really helps them um, find things, you know, easier and make sure there's the flow, the time of days on there. You know, all that kind of stuff is just on one page. And that to me, which you can do all that in Scrivener too, but I guess I've just done this for so long and I just, I'm going to keep doing it this way.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, yeah, there is some some wisdom too. If it isn't broke, don't fix it. <laughs>
1: yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah,
0: yeah. yeah the reason I asked is partially because um, when I was doing research on various topics, you know, mostly nothing as big as say human trafficking or even PTSD. But you know, you need some place to write down all the choices that you. Oh yeah, from. exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And I would have all these word documents, like twenty maybe documents for one book, and then I would move or something like that, and then or, or you'd get a new computer, and you're like, all right, well, oh, that's let me the just worst. Save everything to here, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, wait, wait, where did I do with it? I yeah. thought there was twenty documents. There's only nineteen. Did I lose one? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I hate changing computers. That's my biggest pet peeve. But you have to.
1: So one year I migrated everything. But then the new computer was a mess and too full. So then the last time I just started over and now I've noticed I'm missing stuff. And it's like,
0: you just can't win. (laughs) Yeah, it's so true. I finally paid for a, here's a writer tip for everybody. I finally, um, my girlfriend actually convinced me that she had stopped losing things when she got a Dropbox account. And so I got a business size Dropbox account. I think it's one terabyte. And it's... When I say only, I really mean for a hundred dollars a year, it is only a hundred dollars to keep me yeah. feeling like everything's safe and I'm not going to lose anything anymore. And it doesn't matter when I switch computers because nothing's actually right. on this computer. Right. So. And I've started doing
1: that with iCloud. You have to do something like that because if you lose everything or your computer stolen or whatever, right? you know, that's just terrifying. Yeah. <laughs> You know, I don't care about the computer. It's everything that's on it. You know, I mean, my life is on it. So, yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah. Now, um, so you are, you're with Ravel, but also it looks like you are still writing for um, Love Inspired Suspense. Is that right? I am. I'm doing both. Yeah. Cool. I know. (laughs) So how many books are you writing a year? Um,
1: Probably about three They're also overlapped that it's hard to keep track, but yeah, yeah,
0: Yeah. probably about three. Wow. Wow. Okay. And do you have any particular tips as far as time management? I mean, you have a whole nother life that you're also involved in. It's not like you're just in your cave all the time.
1: Well, I, at the beginning of the year or, or sometimes like if I get, when I get a new contract and I have all the new dates I need to put in, I, I know exactly what I have to do every single month and I break it down to what I have to do every single day. And I also put a lot of padding in there as much as I can, which is very important because like right now I'm back in the States taking care of my mom and I've lost a lot of time. And so that, you know, or the edits came in, I just finished some heavy edits as well. So there's, I mean, life is going to happen no matter what. So you have to be realistic in your goals. But I know literally down to the day, what I need to do every day, what I need to do every week. And if it's not done, like if I have to miss a day, then I have to make up for it on the next day. I try to limit it to like five days a week, but you know, life happens. Like I said, yeah. if I miss Tuesday, then I'm going to have to do something on Saturday. So, um, yeah, that's the only way that I can do this is to stay very organized and know exactly what I have to get done. Otherwise, you know, in six months you're done and you haven't, you know, it's like, oh, wait a minute. I've got, I haven't finished anything you know (laughs) so um yeah I've had to learn to be very organized I'm probably not as organized as I wish I was I mean I think you can always you can always be more organized I guess but yeah I have yeah as long as I know exactly what I have to do today then I just don't go to bed until it's done
0: all right yeah, that's a good way to do it. I mean, um, so I've been talking about burnout a lot on my podcast because mm-hmm. I finally realized that was the situation I found myself yeah. in right after we moved to Sweden. Um, not because we moved, but because of the prior seven years. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so, uh, so I totally get the idea of saying, I'm just not going to be, I'm just not going to stop until I'm done. But I would say probably if you were in a situation where you were trying to get over some sort of health thing, you know, even a cold or the flu, you would probably oh yeah change yeah. that. Until- well that's why you
1: have to have padding in there. So I know that I mean yeah, because I you get sick and things happen. So on those days, yeah, I definitely am not gonna, you know, kill myself over it, push myself too hard, you know. Yeah. So but that's why I really tried to say, okay, this is the this is what I have to do. And I can but I can shift that and let me tell you, I actually I'll go in and redo my weekly goal as long as, you know, I'll have to redo it. Oh, this week I couldn't do it because such and such happened, you know, and I've learned not to be too hard on myself either. And I I don't think I am (laughs) for the most part, but I mean, you know, I mean, I have deadlines. Things have to get done, but if you've got some kind of padding worked in there and you're, I think the main thing is to be realistic. I mean, I know people, they talk about writing like 5,000 words a day or something. Okay. That would, I, I would, I just couldn't do that. You know, so I try, my goals are actually like a thousand words a day, five days a week. And then I figure out, you know, to me, that's very reasonable. Now there are times when I've gone in actually this year and I took like five days and I went away and I wrote 3000 words a day. And it was amazing how much I could catch up and kind of get ahead. And so, you know, life just, life happens. You know, I've got a very busy life. My kids are all over the world. There's just, you know, we have ministry stuff. So I just think you have you have to be realistic with what you can actually do and make commitments with only what you know you know you can get done and try to take that pressure because we put so much pressure on ourselves yeah and then that you know leads to burnout and the frustration and the guilt and all of that yeah oh, so
0: true boy i hear you 110% yeah. i wish i didn't know what you were talking about <laughs> <laughs> i know i know <laughs> Well, listen, so um, I I didn't warn you about this. Feel free to deflect if you want, but I'm just thinking, you know, it's October. You just um, have a new book that that you've been probably doing some promotion and stuff like that Mm -hmm. on. Um, You're getting ready for a new year. You know what kinds of contracts you're going to be having in the next probably uh, six to 18 months, something like yeah, that. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe just in case somebody out there is like, Oh, give me some specifics. And I noticed, and I'll, I'll just mention this so that you can add it into your answer, uh, on your website, you have a writing tips section and there's an area where you show a screenshot of your mm-hmm. Excel spreadsheet. So let's say that you're starting the beginning of a new book. There's going to be some people who uh, start a new book for November 1st for national novel writing. Right. Month, right. Where would you start? Would you start with an empty Excel spreadsheet and then write in your chapter numbers or how, how do you begin? Um, I keep the same kind of headings. So the
1: first heading would be like chapter, the number of the chapters. And I would actually, I figure out kind of ahead of time how many words I need per chapter. I mean, that's how detailed I get it for me because um, both of my publishers have different word counts. So obviously Ravel would be longer. So anyway, I write how many chapters. Um, and then usually I'll like put an X once they're finished, um, start my care. You know, I, well, the, another thing I do is I like to pull out pictures from the web and I'll make, you know, you can go to Canva and make a little, I just put their pictures up there and their names under them and just make this kind of pretty little postcard, type thing that I can look at. Cause That's I, you know, you fun. forget what they look like and I always need that in my head to kind of know what they look like. And then when I have to do a description, all I have to do really is go back to the picture. Um, so I do that for every book. I also, I like to have a title. Now the title might change, but a title kind of focuses me in on, um, the story. And now a secret to die for was actually my original title. So that was kind of fun. And I got yeah. to keep that a lot of times it changes, but, um, it's kind of fun. I like to know the title. I like to know the character names. Um, and I, ha- I don't know, there's just something that'll click and go, okay, that's the right name. Um, spend a lot of time on the baby name site looking for, you know, and especially after so many books, I'm trying not to reuse names. I actually have a file with all the main character names because um, I definitely don't want to repeat the main characters. Now, some of the other characters, you know, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, so all those things would be there. On that Excel paper, um, I like to know the time of year. That's something you need to know up front. What's the weather like? When is the sunrise and the sunset? Um, those are little things, but really things that you should know. Um, you know, yeah. you can't talk about the sun setting and it's six o'clock or, you know, right. in the middle of summer, you know. <laughs> right, right. So, um, you know, the weather, um, even on my, when I do the, the, like the canva postcard of the characters I'll put in a picture of the city or you know the mountains or wherever the setting might be, yeah, um, just to kind of ground myself in the setting and the characters, I'm not one that goes through and interviews my characters before the story. I like to actually learn about them as I'm writing, so I don't unless there's often times where like a character will like sit in my head for a long time. In my Southern Crimes, Avery North was a character that was in my head for a long time. And so when I started writing, I felt like I really knew her. Mm. Um, Nikki Boyd was kind of like that as well. I just kind of knew a lot of the backstory before I started writing. And so, but it just depends. Like right now I'm getting ready to write a story and I'm just trying to figure them out. (laughs) So I'm not quite as prepared as I probably should be, but I like to learn about them kind of as I go, especially the spiritual thread That's something that I never, pretty much never know ahead of time because, but I like that because I want it to be something that just naturally comes out of it. I don't want something, well, this is what it's going to be. And then it's forced and then I I don't like it. Yeah. So, um, so there's some things that I think are important to know ahead of time and other things for me, I like to kind of learn as I go. And I usually, I usually know the beginning and the ending at least.
0: (laughs) Oh, all right. At least Um, you know where you're going.
1: At least, Yeah. And then I will, um, for Love Inspired, it, they want a chapter by chapter outline. So I have learned to, and then actually that helps me write a lot faster too. So I turn that into them. They approve it. When I've got that outline in there, I still, there's a lot of times I don't even know who the bad guy is, but I like that too. Cause I figure if I don't know, then hopefully that'll be a surprise for the readers too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and the more I outline before, the better it is, but sometimes it depends on how much time I have, how organized I am. Um, I usually use like index cards on a bulletin board, you know, to kind of keep track of things. So that's kind of in addition to the Excel, um, which you can do on Scrivener as well.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Right. Right. And really, however your brain organizes, that's what you should do. Yeah.
1: And I think that's the bottom line. You have to find out what works best for you. Um, I think it's great to glean from other people's ideas and then just make those, because if it doesn't work for you, you're going to be frustrated. Um, Yeah. And you don't, you don't want that either.
0: Yeah. I love the whole idea of not knowing who the bad guy is. Uh, And I, I, I think I spent maybe too much time talking about murder with Patricia Bradley. I don't know. She and I were having (laughs) a really good time, but uh, tell us, um, because I, I've had some really, um, non-answers in the past, not on the podcast, but just uh, one person even teaching a class on writing murder mysteries. And she's like, "Uh, I don't know, I just figured it out. I'm like, not really a helpful answer for somebody who's teaching a class on writing a mystery. Yeah, But so um, do you, do you have any idea uh, how to explain your process? Like how you write through and Bad things are <laughs> happening and you know some of the characters and then eventually you realize it's one of the characters that you know? Or do you sometimes get to the end and go, oh, okay, now I got it. And in my second draft, then do you have to go yeah, back? Yeah, because get- you, you may have to go back and change things. Um, I, just,
1: I just changed some things. I had to do a rewrite on a, on a story that I just finished that will come out next year. And because I wanted to tighten it, I actually – The bad guy brought in at an earlier point and made him, it was actually somebody who was already in the story, but I just changed it and made it his character, which I think made it a lot, a lot tighter instead of just this random person that kind of shows up at the end. Um, And so I I liked that a lot, Um, but often like somebody will get killed or something that I don't, I didn't anticipate. My husband thinks that's insane. It's like, how could you not have known that? (laughs) And I mean, because I am somebody who really likes to plot out what's happening, but that doesn't mean there's not surprises. Yeah. And so, you know, sometimes who the bad guy is, I might have different ideas, but I think as you're writing, if you can come up, you know, you want to come up with a twist because you want your readers to be surprised too. Yeah. So for me, it kind of happens in the writing process as I'm following kind of a loose plot, but then something will just click and I'll go, oh, that's it, you know. (laughs) So it's something that it's you know you can't plan I guess necessarily it's not necessarily on my excel sheet right from the beginning in most books I mean it depends but um I think the more when I surprise myself I think I surprise the reader and um it's just those twists that come up while you're actually writing the book those are the ones that to me are the best yeah. um and often here's here's my other tip <laughs> I always figure things out if you get stuck go wash dishes or go vacuum or do something brainless <laughs> I come up with all kinds of stuff, you know, when I'm just trying not to think about it and just zoned out, you know, washing dishes or whatever. It's amazing. I can always figure it out.
0: <laughs> That's awesome. I have to say, I've even, uh, my husband started writing a couple of years ago, started writing middle grade stories for boys. And he started doing a lot more dishes after I told him, you know, doing dishes yeah. sometimes just helps you figure it out. <laughs> it really does. It's crazy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Oh, man. Well, I have to say, I just think it's really, really fun, the, the idea that you can just like suddenly go, oh my gosh, that's it. Because when those things happen at any place else in the story, whatever the genre is, it's like, this is the best reason to be a writer. When you have, you know, I, know. That I just love, it could be just, there's certain sentences that do that to me.
1: It's like, I think it's, you know, that's like the greatest sentence ever written, which yeah. doesn't happen very often, but every once in a while it does, you know, or those twists and it's like, oh, that's so wonderful. So you just, you just hope your readers think the same thing. <laughs>
0: right, right. <laughs> now, um, so it seems to me, I write uh, you know, romantic comedy and superhero urban fantasy and uh, you know, things that to me seem pretty um uh, in a not boring way, point A to point B, but right. mysteries and and sorts of things like I've already started guessing. I think I'm only in um, chapter two or three of your book, or maybe I'm not sure which chapter I'm in right now. I know what chapter I was on, on the treadmill. <laughs> I was really trying hard not to fall off the treadmill. <laughs> so, I would have, trust me. <laughs> yeah. I was like holding on to both sides. I'm like, it's not because I'm old. It's because I'm focused on this story. <laughs> oh, good. Yeah, uh, but there was a point where I was like, oh, they're talking about a death. I'll just say, I don't want to give anything away. Talked about a death and how and who and why. And and then I was like, oh, oh I wonder if I've just guessed like the person maybe who might have killed them. And then later I was like, oh, or wait a minute, maybe this is the person who might have killed them. So is, is that sort of what you're feeling when you're actually writing it? Yeah.
1: Yeah, definitely. You know, and then when it comes to the point where, I mean, because you want it to be somebody who makes sense. I mean, you want it to make sense. I don't want to pull just some random person, you know, but where people will, when they read and find out, it's like, oh, of course, but I never guessed
0: that, you know. That's awesome. Yeah. I was telling Patricia Bradley when she and I were talking, I think I'm going to have to murder someone in one of my books. (laughs) It just sounds like you guys are having way too much fun and I'm missing out. (laughs) Of course, that's another area
1: I have to be careful with research. You know, I'm so paranoid that it's going to get the FBI after me or something. I'm like, really? I'm just a writer. I don't want to do any of this.
0: (laughs) I asked her that question. She's like, oh, I'm sure they have a file on me. (laughs) And because we live overseas, you know, my husband's like, do not look up that. Do not do
1: that. (laughs) Like, but I just need to know, do
0: not look that up. (laughs) Yeah. I think maybe those of us living overseas, maybe we should be careful about terrorism bombings. I know. I know. (laughs) (laughs) Darn it. Those are like really good ones though. (laughs) I know. (laughs) Oh man. Well, listen, so you had some tips on your website. Is there anything else that you were thinking that you you love to share with other writers, ideas for helping people either Um, if they're starting out or organizing their work once they're in the middle of it or...
1: I think for the most part, I did write down some ideas before, and I think, I mean, the Excel and the Canva, you know, having your characters' pictures, um, I I don't really, I think that kind of hit everything that I had thought of, things that are really helpful to me.
0: Yeah. Um, Yeah. I love that spreadsheet. Now, I don't suppose you have any of those uh, Canva little postcard-like things that you've created any place publicly where people can see them. I could link to them if... uh... Well, something.
1: you know what? I don't I don't think I do. I was always worried about, because I don't own the pictures. So I kind of use them for me.
0: Yeah. No, um, and I idea. do
1: put things up on Pinterest, which I guess, I don't know, even for a while I was worried about that, but I guess you can do that. And so I do have a Pinterest site um, somebody just the other day because I hadn't done it for a secret to die for. I'd just been too busy, and she's like, "Where's, where's your Pinterest file on this book?" And I, so I quickly <laughs> kind of went in there and did a few things, and that's been kind of fun. I did a lot for my Nikki Boyd files, and um, I try to do one for every book. I, I, you know, again, it's that time management thing. I can either write or I can spend time on Pinterest. So, um, yeah. but I do have some some things up there, and it and it's fun, and I would like to do more. So I do put the characters kind of up there and even, I mean, it helps me, I might put outfits, because you can go in and, you know, find a million different outfits. I was like, okay, that's what I want her to wear, and so I'll go put that up there, or, you know, just different things like that, so it's kind of fun.
0: That 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 does sound
1: fun. Yeah.
0: Yeah, one of my friends is a big Pinterest and Canva person, and she's like, you know, once you, once you, get started like it's really pretty quick and pretty easy and you can spend a lot of time but you can also do things really quickly I never got to the point where I was doing things really quickly I'm like (laughs) all right all the pictures are gonna have to stay in my head (laughs) yeah yeah well
1: I definitely for me I have to look at them. if and if I can see them, otherwise they kind of all blur together and it just kind of makes them stand out okay this is who they are and it can also make me dream of them putting it into a movie one day
0: (laughs) that's right that's right
1: (laughs) I wish that would
0: happen yeah <laughs> well um I, i'm i 'm thinking to myself oh i think I think that 's the reason why when you said um because Pinterest did have some things going on for a while where all of a sudden people were kind of uh, they were just coming down harder on being careful not to use pictures that aren 't yours and um right. and I remember that I did actually create sort of a a photo collage file in Scrivener that were just random pictures i mean one was from somebody 's um uh, like a college reunion or family reunion or something like that, but this guy looked exactly like you know yeah, someone yeah. in my head. I'm like, yeah, I'm just gonna move that over to my. Exactly, exactly. The world will never know, but exactly, yeah, yeah. That's what wow. I do. <laughs> nice. And all of a
1: sudden, yeah, the picture. You know, when the picture clicks, then it's like, okay, that's my person. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, I love it. It's so much fun. <laughs> <laughs> Now, um, Mm -hmm. when you mentioned Nikki Boyd, that reminded me of another question that I wanted to ask you. Um, What is your thoughts, feelings, process on standalone versus series? Because you've got a little bit of both. Right. I did two series for Ravel, and to be honest, it
1: was so much easier in one sense because when you get to book two, you already know your characters, you already know the setting. And so for these, I've done three, I'm on my third standalone now for Ravel. And while I love the stories, now a Secret to Die For is the first one. And then there's another one I just finished. And I love the stories, but it's hard because it's like the characters are brand new and I'm having to, every time I start the book, I'm having to, it's just like completely starting over. So I yeah. really, I think I prefer the series because I love going back and visiting the characters. Um, it's just a different experience. And I think, yeah, I think I prefer the series. It's just, I had so much fun with the Nikki Boyd series and people were always begging for more. And, you know, it's because they they really come, after several books, they come to know that character, you know, really well. And I did too. So, and it was hard to say goodbye and to go on to something different. So um, it's just, it's really, I didn't realize how different it was going to be. But the standalones are just, and you want to make sure with a standalone you know, that you've got a story that's really strong that would carry the whole book. It's not just bringing back readers from some, I mean, every book needs to be strong, but it's just, it's a whole different feel.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And so, um, I just got distracted with uh, something that you said, and then I forget the, forgot the second question I was going to ask you. <laughs> uh, and I have an a, uh, end-of-the-interview question that's in my head that has to do with food, and it's almost dinner time in my time. So oh, yeah. <laughs> that's distracting me too, sorry. But I was just going to ask you, are all of the books that you've written, you said something about you had a couple of early historicals, but for the mm-hmm. most part, um, are you pretty much a romantic suspense writer? Is that your genre? Yes. Yeah.
1: And even at the beginning when I, I wrote some for heart song, which was years ago and they were just romance, but I would always stick in that suspense line. I just, and so it's been, I, I just really enjoy just the romantic suspense. I've just, I've got to have that line in there. I've got to have that mystery or that thriller, you know, whatever is a part of it. But then I also like, you got to have the romance too. So um, that's definitely the genre that I enjoy writing.
0: Now, what do you do with the romance when you are working in a series and you have the same main character?
1: Well, for Nikki Boyd, it was fun because they were friends at the beginning and I just arched that throughout the whole series. And so by the time you get to the end of the series, you know, it takes that long though. And so instead of it being finished in a book, but at the end of every book, it was complete to a sense that they'd kind of gone to the next step in their relationship, you know, Um, I think in the beginning of the first book, I mean, they just kind of realized and discovered that they had feelings for each other. So I didn't, I don't like leaving people totally hanging at the end of a book. I want it to kind of finish up. Um, But then it was enough that hopefully, you know, people would want to go on and read the next. So I just made that an overall arc for the entire series instead of just the book.
0: Okay, good. I've heard that before. And then if they If your readers got enough, you know, uh, um, push behind the publisher and there was another Nikki Boyd book, you would just have to be creative and think of (laughs) of how the romantic plot would work. That would change. They did have me write a fourth book, which is
1: kind of a standalone in a sense, and it had um, different main characters, but you did get to have a lot of your answers, uh, your questions answered about Nikki Boyd. And so um, that was actually an, I really enjoyed that. It was an interesting kind of twist. Um, But so you were able to find out more um, and yet it was kind of after they got together. So, yeah.
0: Yeah. It was fun. Wow. Very fun. Now, so you're going back to Africa again, uh, going back to Mozambique soon, which is home for you right now. Yes, home. Yeah. So do you think that you'll write anything that's either set over there or have you had any characters who go to America from Mozambique or have you had any kind of crossover in your real life?
1: Um, No, I do do have two books that were set in Africa. um, That um, a series I wrote uh, several years ago that I just love, Blood Covenant and Blood Ransom. And then I wrote a couple um, of the love-inspireds in Africa as well. Nothing actually in Mozambique, and I don't know. We'll see. But, yeah. um, and then right now, though, everything I'm doing is set here in the States. Um, okay. And then a friend of mine also co-authored a book set in Tanzania, which was another amazing experience um, writing a book with somebody else, which is something I hadn't really done before. So, yeah. um, so I have had the chance to write several books in Africa, and those are really special to me.
0: Um, oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. That does sound really cool. I, I have to say that um, my editor, I, I self-published and, um, and my editor after I moved, I think, back from Australia the second time. Uh, she was like, hey, did you know so-and-so's looking for you know Australian rural romances? You could totally mm-hmm. write something. And, and so I was kind of putting together some ideas on it. And then I moved to New Zealand. And I'm like, okay, hold mm-hmm. on a second. I have to go through the process of moving again. So I have to kind of stop right. r- working on this for a minute. And then I had this like crazy, funny, I can't explain it, like the weirdest, most fabulous Bible study women's group ever. And uh, for some reason, they made me start thinking of a murder mystery, like a cozy mystery. Right, then, right. Like, two of them were like, oh, I want to be the villain. I'm like, no, oh, <laughs> the Bible study group has to be the solvers. They can't be the murderers. <laughs> <laughs> and so then when I, I started kind of writing out notes on that, when I moved to Sweden, my editor was like, no, no more books set in other countries that you've moved to until you finish writing the ones that you've already talked about. <laughs> See, and it's a murder mystery, so I think you need to do it. I think I should, because there's a dead body, and I really kind of want to look into it.
1: See, it's kind of fun. <laughs> so I have cried. I have cried when people have died um, that I didn't want to die, but they just... Anyway, I have cried over it before. Oh, man. Um, I think because, you know, in a cozy mystery, they're usually not... It's not so personal, but I've, I've had these shocking <laughs> these shocking twists when people that I really like I do kind of do that sometimes, and it's very sad, and it's not because I want to. It just somehow has to happen, but it's kind of traumatic, (laughs) and that's when my husband looks at me and like, what are you doing? Why are you crying over this character? Just, you don't have to kill him, but he has to die, but I don't want him to.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. I I was uh, working on this. I just, you know, I was stuck in LA traffic, which means that i had a lot of time on my hands and nothing that i had to focus on because the traffic wasn't moving so uh, i came yeah. up with this kind of ghost split uh sorry i'm um, sorry uh chiclet mm-hmm. cozy mystery ghost uh trilogy just came up into my head and um so the first chapter is she has to die so she can become a ghost okay so I'm writing the scene where she dies and just tears are pouring down my face I, <laughs> I have to stop and wipe my eyes because I can't type because I can't see and I'm like this is fine though it's all good you don't have to cry like she's supposed to be a ghost I'm like oh this is so sad when she says goodbye to her mom
1: <laughs> yep yep only writers it's- will understand that I guess <laughs> <laughs>
0: That's right. It makes you wonder, you know, back in the day when, um, like we hear about now, some of the really scary things that happened in mental, mental institutions, uh, mm-hmm. you know, 50, 100, 200 years ago, yeah. like, how many of those people were just writers <laughs> with their crazy voices?
1: <laughs> all those voices. I know, even when, when you talk about it, it does sound a little, I'm sure people are like, what? What? Of all those voices. Well, and I used to think... <laughs> I used to think that everybody had these stories running through their head. And, yeah. um, and one day my mother-in-law, she was like, where do you come up with all these stories? And I was like, what do you mean? Don't you have stories running through your head? And she was like, no, I might have a grocery list. That's all. And I honestly thought that everybody had, because I've always had stories and people <laughs> running through my head. So I think you're right. I might've been one of those people
0: <laughs> that they put away. Well, at least you and I could have been roomies. Yeah. yeah. Oh, man. Okay. This is way fun. Now, so the flip side of murder might be baking. And one of the things I saw on your website was that you had put a recipe in the back of one of your books, and then you had to start talking about it on your website because you missed an ingredient, which I thought was actually a really funny story. (laughs)
1: Like the most humiliating thing that has ever happened to me.
0: It it does sound like in the moment, yeah, it would be just horrifying but but it's a great story now
1: oh i got this i got this email from this this grandmother who was baking the cake with her grandson (laughs) oh my goodness it was awful i couldn't believe it and i had i had people get mad at me over this so obviously Mm. people made it yes somebody like made it to take to a pot like oh
0: no it was horrible (laughs) Because the missing ingredient was... It was sugar!
1: (laughs) Okay, now you got me laughing so hard, I'm crying. No, it was so... I can laugh about it now, but it was horrible. And I felt so guilty. And I was like, there are all these... (gasps) I really am crying. (laughs) I'm sorry. (laughs) Oh, anyway. No, it was... Now it's, it is kind of funny now, but I just was horrified that people would have to throw away a cake because I didn't put sugar. In. Right. And it was oh, really a good
0: cake too. <laughs> well, it sounds like the corrected recipe, not only, uh, and um, I mean, not only, of course, have you put the, the missing ingredient on It's kind of like a murder mystery. Like what part's missing? You <laughs> That's
1: what I should have told them. You're supposed to figure it out. Yeah. yeah, It's a mystery. <laughs>
0: You should notice there's no sugar in there. (laughs) It's not even a red herring. It's so obvious. (laughs) But then one of your other readers wrote back and said they adjusted the recipe slightly. and, And you said that that particular version of the recipe is also really good. Is that right?
1: Yeah, I think so. Yeah,
0: I haven't looked at that for a while, probably because I'm ignoring that page. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> well, so my question, in addition to, I, I'm sorry to make you laugh so much <laughs> that you cry. No. <laughs> But uh, so part of my question is, um, like, I know that uh, Hallmark Publishing, um, they're putting out their first original books right now. Um, Their Mm -hmm. first one's already out. And their second one, I think it's going to be out about the time that this uh, episode airs. And they have a recipe for each book. The books that they've already put out are um, novelizations of some of their Hallmark Channel movies. Mm -hmm. And everyone has a recipe. And I'm like, okay, that's really cool. But I only do one thing and I can't make it Mrs. Brown's brownies and Charlie Dore's brownies and somebody else's brownies and have it be the same recipe. So is this like a one-time thing that you did or do you do it often? No, I'll never do it again. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry to have brought it up. (laughs) I will never do it again because I'm
1: terrified. (laughs) <laughs> because yeah. I worked so hard on that stupid recipe to make it kind of my own because it was talked about in this series. And so I thought, oh, this will be so fun. I thought it was such a good idea. <laughs> but I will never put a recipe out there because I am so terrified. We did actually, I guess, I was part of this international group and we put up recipes. and I, But the whole time I was like, I am so worried that I'm going to do something stupid and miss a main ingredient. Oh, oh. So I don't...
0: I don't think I can do that again it's too bad you can't just be like I'm sure the proofreader ac- proofreader know, accidentally yeah. I'm sure it wasn't
1: me I'm sure yeah. it was a glitch.
0: <laughs> oh man well on that laughing note <laughs> I suppose it's time that we stop talking for a little while this is great fun I'm enjoying it a lot and you know um I'm not going to say it on air because I try to keep the show, you know, PG, G when I can, PG. Um, there is an animal in Africa that some friends of mine who are uh, missionaries in Cameroon was like, oh yeah, we've eaten this and this and this. Oh yeah, I just remembered it. And um and when you say it out loud in a dining room in America, it <laughs> makes some people blush and some people like break out laughing hysterically. I was part of the latter. But um sometime it would be interesting if you put like some some recipes for weird interesting cool things that you make and and eat in mozambique (laughs) maybe just on your website where you can change it immediately
1: (laughs) and i know that nobody will make it so it's okay
0: (laughs) oh that's right that's right oh bummer i have no crocodile today (laughs) i guess i (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Lisa, this oh. is great fun. So a secret to die for it's uh, out now and uh, probably in all stores, but tell us where can be. readers find you and your books?
1: Well, you can go ahead and go to my website at Lisa dot and I have my books up there. And, um, I don't know if there's, I think there's some links. I don't, I don't know if they're all links, but also you can go to my Amazon page. Um, just look up Lisa Harris and, um, You can find me there. But yeah, all my books are there on my website and as well as my Africa pictures and um, recipes you
0: might want to try. (laughs) Excellent. Yeah. Especially the lemon crumb cake. Yeah. (laughs) That's great. And then I I assume because you're traditionally published, your books are probably available at Barnes and Noble and Kobo and iBooks and Christian book. Yeah. uh, Yeah. they should be at all those places um, except
1: for my friend and I wrote ghost heart and it is just available on Amazon, but every other book should be available everywhere. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Very good. And I, I did, noticed too. Oh, go ahead. i was just say I did step into the indie pool doing it on one book on my own, which has been another experience. <laughs> <laughs> right.
0: We'll talk about that again next yeah. time. <laughs> yeah. And I think also you have a, uh, a free book when people sign up for your newsletter. I right? do. So yeah, definitely there's a link on the front
1: page of my, um, website and sign up there you'll get one of my africa books um blood blood ransom which is one of the books of my heart um and it's a it's kind of a mystery thriller with romance in it and so if you sign up for my newsletter you will get
0: that awesome yeah lisa this has been great fun thank you so much for coming on the show well thank you for having me it has been fun too much fun <laughs> <laughs> oh thanks again